0: Who's ready for the word uh, this morning? (laughs) Open up your Bibles with me today, if you would, to uh, Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. We'll be going there in just a uh, one moment and as you turn there I want to uh, invite you to be in prayer uh, with me this this week Thursday and Friday we are hosting uh, a group of pastors here from we've got people from Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia uh, it's a uh, spirit filled pastors conference uh, and they are coming from a few hours away to be here we're just simply hosting it and we've got people that's going to be singing and preaching and 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 uh, just breathing some fresh breath into our pastors from uh, all these different areas. So I want you to be in prayer with me this week. Be praying Thursday and Friday as as we meet that uh, that these pastors will get a fresh breath of air. They'll they'll get they'll get a new vision. They'll get some fire shut up in their bones so they can go home and do what God has called them to do. Amen. So if you would, I want you to join with me uh, Thursday and Friday and let's be in prayer as these. Uh, pastors is about 50 leaders are going to be here and we're just going to be praying with them and for them and speaking some word into them so I believe it's going to be a powerful day but I would love for you to join with me in praying um, as we prepare for that and as they are here on our campus Exodus chapter 12 today says Exodus 12 verse 12 says for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night somewhat of a text you may think why weren't you reading this a couple of weeks ago for Easter but as I was studying this word I see what a word that the Lord is speaking to us today and I want to if you would give me a few moments I want to break this down for us today in 1990 they called it the hot 90s a song hit the billboard a song hit the charts and its lyrics as I was Googling and studying about the song said that this song and these beats are some of the most used songs of all times in movies. This song, this is gonna date some of you, even made it on the Now That's What I Call Music CD collection. (laughs) How many of you had the whole volume? The 1990 year of Now That's why I Call Music. And it was on there with other songs like Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor and Hold On by Wilson Phipps. Hold on for one more <laughs> I still, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It was a hit and this song was sung by one of the most popular pop icons in all of American history. In 1990, this singer, he toured around the world, and his song says that he toured from London to the Bay. MC Hammer released his signature single, You Can't Touch This. (laughs) And it was just too legit to quit. The entire song was MC trying to convince the listener that whenever he was in the groove, whenever he was singing, and whenever he was doing his signature dance moves, you thought I was about to do it. <laughs> Not today. With his iconic pants, no one could come close to him. You just can't touch this. And while thinking about this song this week, I remembered that before Hammer said that about himself, God was saying that about you because in Psalms 105 verse 15, he says, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. You can't touch them. Whoever you are this morning, you may have forgotten or trying to forget that error of music, or you may be too young to recollect, recollect the the hammer himself. But today, even if you don't know the song, I do know, you know, the out you know the Omega and you know who the first and the last is and I just want to let you know that God made a psalm about you way before Hammer made a song about himself and he said, don't touch my people. This is my property. They are mine. I am their protector. You can't touch this devil. Is there anyone in the house today that can testify that God has been a protector for you? Even over the last year when you felt like you have lost your way, when you felt like you really have lost who you are, over the last year, whenever you may have felt secluded and you may have felt like no one cared or no one really knew what you were going through, you can still testify that in the middle of uncertainty god came and he built a hedge of protection all around you he came in with the Abba spirit he came in like a father and he wrapped his arms all around you he came in and psalm 91 you all up and he covered you with his feathers and under his wings you took refuge and his truth was your shield and buckler devil you can't touch god's people He's a protector. He protects us from the seen and the unseen, from the things that I know he was doing and the things that I had no idea he was working out in the heavens. See, that is why whenever we come into a place like this on a Sunday morning, we've got to praise him for what we have seen him do and the things we had no idea he is working out on our behalf this morning. But one must understand that God's protection is tied to his principles. See, it's like whenever you have a teenager and your teenager tells you that they're going out with their friends. You start giving them a list of things. You remind them of how they were raised. You give them a curfew. You tell them how to act and the kid feels like it's a restriction, but it's not restriction. It's simply protection. And if they follow your instructions, they will experience protection. Can I get an amen from a mama today? And God is a protector, but his protection is also tied to principles. Listen, there are times when God tells his people, You are to stay right where you are. Just stay. There are always times in the church. And in the world, but especially in the church, when everyone is looking for the next level, it's so much easier to preach about the next level. It gets people excited to preach about what oh what, the things you can't see that God has in store for you. They can't and people, people have gotten to the place where they just cannot wait for the next level. and they are always looking for the next. You need to know that not only are there, are there blessings in moving on, But sometimes the biggest blessing that God can give to you is whenever you learn how to stay put right where he has you. Because listen, there is power in persistency. There is power in consistency and there is power in commitment and there is power whenever you know how to stay right where you are and learn everything that you can. And the biblical word for this commitment is called faithfulness. Faithfulness, unlocks doors for more. Faithfulness. God cannot and will not ignore a faithful person. Aren't you glad about that? It's his promise. And there are some rooms that you will get into not because of your gifting, not because you are perfect, but simply because you have been faithful to the word. And the Bible says he who is faithful in little is faithful in much. Sometimes faithfulness will look like you staying right where you are. So how does all of this get together in this verse? Let me break it down. While I was reading Exodus chapter 12, it appears now if you live through 2020, you can empathize and understand a little bit better of what was happening. Although what they were facing was much more serious, not to diminish COVID, much more damaging and destructive, we can somewhat understand about being locked up in the house. Can I get an amen? Amen. There is a plague that was coming that was sweeping through the land. And the Lord gives Moses very specific strategy. He said, tell the people to go out and get a lamb. Drain out the blood, sacrifice and get the blood and apply it to the doorframe of your home. And whenever this plague, the death angel comes down through the neighborhood, when it sees the blood on your house, when it sees that you've been covered in the blood of the lamb, it will pass over your house and it will have no choice but to keep going. It was foreshadowing the blood of Jesus Christ. And listen, they only got God's protection when they stayed inside of the house. There was only protection whenever you they stayed where the blood was. Can I get an amen? Did you get that? He didn't say, put it on this or put it on that. He said, no, he said, just put it where you are staying. If you stay where the blood is, if you learn how to stay, to rest and to wait on the Lord if you learn how to stay and quit running if you learn how how to stay somewhere and cultivate a fire instead of chasing the fire if you learn how to stay and learn and grow whatever happens out in Egypt will pass over you all because you stayed in the house all because you stayed where the blood is I get concerned as a pastor because I am seeing a generation that they do not know how to stay. Mm. I'm seeing a church and its leaders, Christian leaders, that do not know how to linger or Stay. It's it's like they have lost tenacity. As soon as there is a bump in a road, they they're out. It's it's. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They've lost the ability to grab hold of something and to never let it go. I am seeing Christians that quote scriptures and share spiritual memes, but they no longer have the grit to maintain. I'm seeing leaders that no longer have that bulldog faith that you know that faith that grabs hold of it digs its claws into the ground sinks its teeth into the word and refuses to let go until something comes into fruition and it speaks to the mountain and it moves and it speaks to the devil says get your hand off my children get your hands off of my home get your hands off of my property I am seeing a generation that knows it will be rescued by mama or daddy. I'm seeing a generation that believes the government will bail them out. I'm seeing Christians always looking for the next and they are missing the lessons of the current season. Because seasons were made for learning, not for skipping. I'm seeing leaders that do not, they no longer know how to contend for the faith. They do not know how to fight in the spirit. And if the leaders don't know how to fight, how will their followers? See, although we are no longer have to make sacrifices of animals, the principle of protection there is the same as the principle today. If you grew up in the church, or have been around older Christians, what we sometimes call the saints, you've probably heard them say things back in the day that it took a while for your mind to wrap around what they were really saying. Anybody been there? Like like, like, whenever you're riding with a saint in the car and you come up on a wreck and they just said, I plead the blood. You're like, what does that mean? I plead, I plead the blood. Or, or whenever or whenever you're in an altar and you're praying and somebody just says, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You don't know what else to say except the blood of Jesus. And you may not get it until you really understand this passage this morning. So let me teach it over these next next few minutes see on the day that they received the instruction to slaughter the lamb the blood was shed they received instruction and the blood was shed but they did not get the benefit from the blood until it was actually applied Mm. i said when the life of the lamb was taken The blood was shed, but they could not receive the protection that they needed until it had been applied on their lives. See, it's one thing to know that the blood has been shed, but it's another to have the faith and the obedience to actually apply it to your life. See, when the saints were saying, I plead the blood, when the saints were saying the blood, the blood, the blood, when the saints draw by someone said, I just plead the blood over it. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. Whenever they were saying those things, they were saying, I I understand not only the event of the shedding of blood of Jesus, but I also understand the implications of the shed blood of Jesus. And now here I am in a situation. The situation is in front of me. But with my faith, I turn back to the cross that has the same power that has the same power of the blood and i pull that same power into my current situation and i apply it to my life i put it on the doorpost of my marriage i put it on the doorpost of my children i put it on the doorpost of my career i claim it i put it on the wreck that i just passed by why cuz it's one thing to know it was shed but it's another thing to actually apply it i'm seeing leaders that have forgotten about the blood. I'm seeing Christians that have forgotten about the power of the blood. They call their mentor, but they will not plead the blood. They call somebody, they call their pastor, but they will not plead the blood. They haven't forgotten about the church consultant. They have not forgotten about their life coach. They haven't forgotten about their Zoom call with their support group. Oh, but they have forgotten the power of the blood. And Moses gives direction. Now their obedience is leading them to divine protection. Their act of obedience was an act of faith. Questioned, what uh, has blood been shed that you have not applied yet? The next question, what in your life has not been covered in the blood? Because it's one thing to know that the blood was shed, but it's another to put it on your doorpost. I know he shed his blood, but you better put it on your mind. You better put it on your family. I know it's there. You better put it on your mind because you may have been through a lot of stuff this year. I've been through a lot of stuff. I've lost things and I've lost, I've lost victory. Sometimes we start to lose joy and the one thing I will not lose is my mind. Why? Because I've applied the blood to it. Who whatever is not covered, the devil will steal. Whatever is not covered in your life by the blood of the Lamb the devil will steal. Whenever there is something not covered, your joy, your passion, your vision, your dreams, if it's not covered in the blood, you are giving the devil authority to take it. Devil, you may rob every other house on my block, but whenever it comes to my home, my house, you've got to go over it. Because not only do I know that Jesus shed the blood, I've applied it to my house. It's not because my house is better than my neighbor's house. It's not because I have better materials in my house. No. Storms have hit my home too but my house has been covered in the blood and my house just isn't covered but we are actually staying in it we are leaving the blood when i walk through walmart i'm walking in the blood when i go to work i'm walking in the blood church it's time we get some tenacity and fight and dig our heels in and stay in the blood How often do we get to a place where we start drifting? I have seen such a line this last year of people, some well-known Christians, some that I know myself. I have seen the line and the list keeps growing of people who have fallen. And all of a sudden, here we are. And people start falling and you're like, what happened? I mean, if they can't keep the faith, I definitely can't keep the faith. I mean, and all of a sudden they're like, what happened to that pastor? What happened to that to that personality. What happened to brother so and so? Let me tell you what happened. They got out from under the blood. It's that simple. We say, well, the devil made me do it. No, you got out from under the blood. And sometimes we let people shift us We let people's opinions and attitude just shift us and before we know it we've stepped outside of the blood you want to test the blood just go to Walmart if you got a demon it will come out in Walmart (laughs) I was at Home Depot and my demons almost came out of me because I could not find anybody to help me I was like (laughs) I could not find anybody. I was like, "Where are they at?" I could not find anyone to help me. And before I know it, I had to tell myself, "Get yourself in order," because if you but before because before if I keep acting like this, I'm going to step outside the blood, and I'm going to say something or do something I should never have done. It is that simple. And although that may seem like a little situation, there are people in the church every day. They keep stepping and sliding away from the house of the Lord. They keep stepping and sliding out from the blood until one day you make a decision that ruins your life. And you're like, How did it happen? Let me tell you how it happened. You got out from under the blood of Jesus. And God is calling the church to have some tenacity. Let go of opinions because you will never be able to do what God has called you to do and have the approval of man. Let me just set you free today. I had to learn that really quick. Chase, you can either pastor a church where everybody's happy or you can pastor a church where the Lord is happy. That's the choice of leaders today. And that's the choice of you as a mom and dad, a husband and wife you can shepherd your home where everybody's happy or the Lord is happy because you will never be able to do what God has called you to do and have the approval of man. It just does not work that way. Why? Because God is calling you to do heavenly things. God is calling you to act as part of the kingdom. And now here we are. The Lord is calling out to the church. Get some tenacity. Get some faith. Get to where you can stick around. Dig your teeth into it and hold on until you are like the tree planted by the water you shall know. be moved would you stand with me today tenacity I was speaking to someone the other day they're trying to find just somebody to work for them they said I don't care what type of gifts they have he said I just want them to have some tenacity the ability to work through some problems. The ability where the the Lord is looking for the church to have tenacity in this hour because you are going to be pressed from every side. Political opinions are going to come your way that you may not agree with but the church must have tenacity. You know what tenacity is? Whenever you have a headache, you can still pray. Whenever you hurt your pinky, you can still get up in the morning and drive yourself to church. The Lord is looking for a church that is able to push through and it's going to require the blood today. Come on, would you just raise up your hands with me? Lord, let us stay in the blood today. Lord, we shall not be moved today. today Come on, let's sing it we out. Yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you today. Yes, Lord. Because it reaches We just close our eyes for a moment. You're in this place today and you say, you know what? I need the blood. I need salvation today. I need, I need to be washed clean. I need His grace and His mercy. You may have found him years ago and have stepped out from the blood or you may have never really known Jesus as your Savior but you're here today say, I need Jesus. If you're here today and you want to know Jesus as your Savior, you just raise up your hands. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Anybody need Jesus today? I see your hand. Anyone else? I want everybody today that says, I need Jesus. I want you to, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you need him today is salvation. Church, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today. Lord, and I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I need it today, because I'm not perfect. I need to be forgiven. And today I confess my sins and I confess that Lord, you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. And today I claim his blood. Today I am saved. Today I am a new creation the old me is gone and behold I'm a new creation today I'm never going back I'm never stepping outside of the blood I'm never stepping outside of come on declare that with me I'm never stepping outside of the blood why because you are the Lord of my life and I have been saved today come on let's raise up a praise for the person that raised up their hands